What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. People of Atari, free! I am your god, Apophis. You were fools to believe that I am dead. As long as I can be shipped with Brent in the fan fiction of your world, then I shall never die. Concussion from C4 has affected my memory as to when I first saw the ridiculous episode of Wormhole Extreme, but I do recall it being a gift of DVDs from my first prime on the anniversary of my blending. There were many party hats. Such hilarity as it induced among my Jaffa was welcome amidst the many injustices and slights perpetrated against me by your pathetic world. You will forthwith surrender the one known as DeLuise, so he may produce, write, and direct the equivalent system lord entertainment of Primta puppet shows. You will rue the day should you refuse to do so. Kneel before your god. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mr. Apophis, uh, sir. <laughs> Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. And this is episode 100. 100. Woo! And we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Wormhole Extreme. Extreme. Zach. We have 100 episodes. We have hit 100 episodes. This Woo-hoo! is so exciting. Woo! Oh, so much fun. So much fun. Yes. Oh, uh, and and friends, um, Zach and I have been uh, on the phone now for quite a while as we're kind of getting some things ironed out. And Zach, you know what we forgot to talk about? What did we forget to talk about? The website, but we'll talk about that in a second. Oh, hey, friends. Well, okay. <laughs> we're, we're an independent podcast. Woo! And you can help keep the thing completely independent. Uh, we have a Patreon where if you wish to support the show, you can do so. Every dollar received goes towards offsetting computing devices and such that uh, are necessary for the production of this little endeavor that we've got going on. We've got some tiers that you can join to give yourself some privileges that could let things happen. And then there's some Patreon-only content over there that... Uh, it's going to hit the Patreon side of the universe uh, first, but uh, you will always be able to find all of our content, including that Patreon stuff at some later date on your favorite podcast aggregators on Apple podcasts, on Google podcasts, on Spotify podcasts. Uh, and that's the good stuff. And we highly, highly recommend that uh, you engage with the uh, little platformy doohickey that they have, you know, re- leave a review and leave a rating or whatever. And those of you on Apple uh, just I don't know why we arbitrarily picked Apple, but whatever. It's, it's just the way it is. Well, you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So Brent, here, yeah. here's why we picked Apple. Oh, because yeah. you have Apple, and I have Apple, and we have well, easy well, access yes. to Apple. Now, yes. And also, I think when we started this, Google's podcasting aggregators and such did not have the capacity to make That's reviews. right. That's right. Now, I think that they have changed things around, and they do now, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not on Google's platform, so I don't know. But if you know and you yes. do this, then you can do what our international listeners can do. Yes. When, because in the Apple world, we don't get all of the international reviews that are out there. So, Brent, yes. how can they help us? Oh. <laughs> Friends, you can let us know by taking a little screenshot of what you did and emailing it to us. Um, 
Hey, Zach, how am I to email it to us? <laughs> oh, man. Here I was lobbing it to you, and you just <laughs> spiked it right back to me. Okay, oh, well, you can email vicious. us at walkingthroughstargate at gmail.com. It's W-L-A-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-G-S-A-Z-R-U-G-B-B-B-B at gmail.com. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. Because when we get to the... Walking through the Stargate at gmail.com. I've, I've, I've got good news, um, yes. but I'll wait for it until you get to that fourth bullet point. So carry on. Oh, okay. So uh, in addition to emailing us, if you want to get a hold of us, you can also find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Uh, you can go to Facebook, Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and the Facebook group. And of course, uh, the Patreon, uh, which we have a couple of different uh, podcasts on that one. We have The Other Side of the Gate. This is with uh, yep. myself and with David. Uh, we need to be sitting down and sitting down and figuring out what the next episode is mm. going to be. And we'll get that out relatively nice. soon-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as we figure out all the details therein, uh, we also have Stargate Second Chances. This mm-hmm. is a rewatch podcast. Uh, this is, of course, Brent and me, and these are what our Stargate or walking through the Stargate patrons uh, vote on each month. And when an episode hits ten votes, mm-hmm. then we will rewatch that episode and re-review it. Uh, we did one on a matter of time last month. Was that right, Brent? Yep, and we are recording one for Thor's chariot. Thor's coming up soon chariot in yeah. just a few days, actually. Yeah, that's right. We'll We're going to record that. in a few days. That's right. And Brent, mm-hmm. we have another one to do for the future. <gasps> 2010 has oh! hit ten votes. Oh, okay. So all right. We get to rewatch that one as well, and so awesome. all of those uh, uh, Patreon. Uh, podcast episodes will appear for the Patreon listeners immediately after they are recorded and mm-hmm. uploaded. Mm-hmm. And then when the time comes in the future, we will eventually get those onto this feed here. Yep. So if you want to listen to them right away, then join us on Patreon for that. That's and right. now, Brent, yes. there was one more bullet point yes. on here that you need yes. to talk about. Yes, I do. Friends, guess what? Guess what, friends? What? Guess what? Guess, guess what? 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 We have a website. Now, you are saying to yourself, yeah, you told us about that a few weeks ago, and you made a bunch of jokes about how it's being under construction. But guess what? What? You can go to the website right now and see things. Okay, so, Brent, I have gone to the website. Well, not you, Zach, because by the time I get the thing uploaded, I'm going to have all those pages that I worked on live. It's not live right oh. now. Oh, oh. <laughs> So here I am. I'm like, ooh, this is exciting. Let me look at what Ben has done. And it's not there yet. Nope, that's because I forgot to do it. Um, but I plan on doing it before I launch the website, uh, the, 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 the podcast, see, so that everybody else, they, they're, ah. it's going to be ready for them. So but, what he's saying is you guys are way more important than me because he's that's giving this true. out to you as you listen to this now and not when I'm listening to it now. I guess that's technically true. But the reason why I was going to bring it up in the first place is because I have so carefully and lovingly provided you for links for all of the things, including our amazingly ridiculous email address at WTTS.space. All you have to do is just remember WTTS.space. That's all you have to remember instead of that extremely complicated. How do you spell walking through the stargate at gmail.com? Tell you what, we're making it easy for you, friends. Just remember... WTTS.space. Yes, right. <laughs> anyway, but the point is that we get the website launched. Woo! Yay! That's exciting. And 
Um, so it's it's all things considered, it's relatively bare bones at the moment. But we said we were good. That was exactly what we were going to do. And uh, as as different things pop up, and as we have different opportunities, we'll be we'll be making more and different and stuff on that. But uh, there you go. There's a little spot where you can go and find all of our social media things, and you can just read about different thing whatever it's a website um but there it is wtts.space awesome not awesome. wtts.space.com not that no 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 don't add that dot com because they'll do really not use you do not so, yep um, so yeah so pretty excited about Brent, that yeah um i know that when we started this process project like two and a half years ago whenever that mm. was yeah we said to ourselves that we were going to remain an independent podcast that we weren't going to sell out I to know. the man nope. but i have to tell you that since we have now reached 100 episodes yeah and it's time for syndication and all of that stuff that we have That's to money stay, take some time off right now to mm -hmm. have a word from our sponsors oh okay well then let's take a minute and listen to a word from our sponsor Okay. Hi guys, this is Sean Hudson from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in England. Um, so I've just paused your Red Sky podcast to record this because you told me to pause it and record this. That's a good listener for <laughs> you. Um, I've just watched episode 100 last night with probably a 10-year gap. Rewatching it now has made a lot more sense than the first time I watched it. So in November 2001, um, I think that's when this episode aired, I would have been revising for my mock AS level exams. Um, I think you call them IBs, which would have been year 12, which you would call grade 11. Mm. Back then, I don't think I watched the episode with Marvin's backstory. Um, I remember not knowing who Marvin really was <laughs> um, and why was he making a, re a really fake Stargate show. I just found it weird, but it was funny. Um, I think I read somewhere that the producers made it as a mockery to real-life conspiracy theorists who think the Stargate was made to cover up a real Stargate. Oh, Anyway, uh, now I'm rewatching all the episodes. I'm nearly up to date with your podcasts, and I've got Stargate Infinity on the back burner to watch with you should that time come. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers uncrossed. We'll see. <laughs> I look forward to traveling to many more strange worlds with you. Bye for now. Hey guys, this is Ed. I want to say congratulations on reaching 100 episodes. That's really exciting. Uh, you guys have done a great job, and I'm uh, proud of you guys, and I love the way that the show has developed, um, and how you guys have come into your own voices. And the show, the show, uh, is something I look forward to every time it comes out. It's one of my favorites, and you guys have really done a great job with it. And uh, as excited as we are about your hundredth episode, I'm sure that the Stargate crew were really excited for their hundredth episode. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you what. I was doing at the time because I think I started watching Stargate after it'd been out for some time already and my dad was the only person in the house who watched it and so I would catch him watching reruns and maybe the occasional new episode and so the hundredth episode was one of the first few that I saw and I remember seeing the, the wormhole extreme come up on the TV and I thought what is my dad watching? Is my dad watching another super weird show? <laughs> Uh, but I would sit and I'd ask him questions about what the heck was going on in this show. And eventually I got hooked. And the whole family got hooked because my dad was a major in the Air Force and an aeronautical engineer who built spacecraft. So this sort of like brought the whole family together into something 
really fun and related to our family um, that we enjoyed watching. So uh, great job, guys. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, the show, and I'm glad that you guys have been able to keep doing it for as long as you have despite everything that's happened. And that you guys enjoy it as much as you do. It's really clear that you do, and I enjoy listening to you guys. So thanks again, and uh, here's to a hundred more, and uh, to Atlantis and Universe. Cheers. Hey, Brent and Zach. This is Caleb. First of all, I want to say I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. First, how I got introduced to Stargate SG-1 was through Stargate Atlantis. I'd watched all five seasons of Stargate Atlantis and really enjoyed it. So I decided to try to get the other series and see what they were about. Even though SG-1 is great in my opinion, Stargate Atlantis will always be the first of the spin-offs. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, the X-Hole Extreme episode was a great episode to reintroduce Martin Floyd again and see what he's been up to. It is also fun to see the other people behind the scenes of the making of SG-1 and how they don't take themselves super seriously. It was a great episode and I can't wait for more. I hope you guys keep podcast going, and I look forward to hearing more episodes. We'll see ya. Happy 100th episode, Zach and Brent. 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 Guys, I just really wanted to say happy 100th episode. Seriously, uh, I really enjoy listening every single week. Uh, when it comes in a little late, it can make me sad even. Uh, when you guys... Do crazy Chevron ratings that make no sense. Uh, even though it makes me shake my head, I still enjoy every single minute of it. And seriously, I really appreciate you guys doing this so, so much. Uh, as far as my recollections of the first time that I've watched the 100th episode, Wormhole Extreme, I honestly have no earthly idea. I've seen this show too, too many times. Uh, it is fun every single time I watch it. And earmuffs for Brent, oh. the fun will continue. Oh. Happy 100th episode. Really appreciate you guys doing this every single week. And uh, again, happy 100th. So, Brent, mm. that last voice you heard was mm -hmm. from JD. Uh, ah. JD is famous in our podcast world for not lining up with our Chevron ratings at all, almost ever. <laughs> um, That's not true. We line up sometimes. Uh, sometimes. 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 Um, but that's okay. And uh, so... We do have something special for JD. Right we do. Now. That's right. So, JD, hope you're paying attention. I want to send a special Christmas shout out to someone who's as intelligent as Daniel and would have undoubtedly given him a run for his money as the heartthrob of Abydos. As funny and as humble as Jack. And, well, not much like Teal'c, except he does have a killer, indeed, eyebrow. Thanks for being your unique self, JD. Love, Rebecca. How was that? Was that was that sultry enough? Uh, you know that that just warmed the cockles of my heart. No, oh, did it. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, JD, uh, Rebecca got a hold of us and said, uh, would we be willing to do something nice for you? And we said, yes, we said, yes, we would. So, um, obviously that was, that was not from, that wasn't from me. Well, I mean, I don't know. Could be for me. Who knows? Anyway, JD, thanks for uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, Rebecca wanted us to send you a special shout out. And so we did. So uh, she really cares about you, big guy. So, yep. yep. Well, shall we dig into the background facts for this episode? Wormhole Extreme. Yeah. So the director for this episode is none other than Peter DeLuise. Uh, there would be nobody else fitting to direct this episode. Although Martin Wood, which did make a cameo in this episode, by the way. Yes. Um, uh, probably could have done it justice as Peter did, but Peter was the one who was in charge of this episode. This is, of course, his sixth of eight episodes this season. He did Threshold, The Fifth Man, Rite of Passage, The Tomb, 2001, and now mm-hmm. Wormhole Extreme! Wormhole Extreme! And he's got a couple yeah. of more. Extreme! Nice. Oh, nice. The awesome. <laughs> the story for this episode is... From Brad Wright, the co-creator uh-huh. of the uh-huh. show, and Joseph Malozzi, Malozzi and Malozzi. Paul Mully. Yep. Uh, the teleplay was by Joe and Paul. Yep. Uh, this is their okay. seventh. Uh, there is this is their fourth of seven teleplay credits. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they did the Fifth Man, the Tomb, and Desperate Measures, and they're mm-hmm. here. We'll of course hear their names zillions of times later moving forward. Um, so there you have. There's that. that. Gotcha. Uh, the guest actors. We have quite a slew of guest oh, actors I for this episode. Imagine so, but carrying on. All right. We have Willie Garson as Martin Lord. Willie is back as Willie Martin is Lloyd. back as Martin. If you want to know everything that you want to know about Willie Garson, then you need to check out our first episode that had Willie in it, which was Point of No Return in season four. Yep. And you can hear all about what Willie was doing and is mm-hmm. doing and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Lewis returns as Dr. Peter Tanner. Uh, he, of course, like I talk for a living or something, but you know, uh, so you know, this is the time where you can uh, relax and let your hair down and just do all you know, the my things hair is getting pretty long. I need to get uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Do all the anyway. things on the mic that you wish you could do under normal circumstances, but you can't. Oh, okay. So, See? This is how it works. Robert Lewis, who plays Dr. Peter Tanner, reprises mm-hmm. his role as Dr. Peter Tanner, which who was just seen previously on the same episode as Willie Martin back in the day. Yep. Point of no return. Now, we have several new, well, several actors who are joining us for this episode for the first time. We have Michael DeLuise. He Yay! plays Nick Marlowe, Colonel Danning, and Michael DeLuise. Yes. Wait. Yes. 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 Right. Plays himself. He does play himself. So yes. now, Michael was born on August fourth, nineteen sixty nine, in Los Angeles, California. He is an actor and a director. He's known for en- Encino Man in 1992. Yeah. He was in Gilmore Girls, the TV show from two thousand and following, uh-huh. and he was also in NYPD Blue back in the early nineties, nineteen ninety three and following. Uh, you may have recognized his last name, and that's yes. because he is, in fact, <laughs> Peter's younger brother. Yeah. And there is another Deloise brother. I believe his name is David. Um, and here is a little bit of a spoiler for you, da- uh, Brent, but we will see David Deloise in this series nice. in the future. Okay. Looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, Michael, however, is also a pianist and a painter, mm-hmm. and he got his film start in... Uh, 1979, when he played 
Boy with Fish in Hot Stuff, which was directed and starred in by none other than his father, Dom DeLuise. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so Michael is also very good at improv and goofy silliness, which makes sense given yep. who his dad and his brother is. Yep. So uh, there's that. <laughs> Getting hit in the face with the... <laughs> With, with styrofoam rocks. <laughs> well, well, actually, that 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 wasn't Michael. Oh no, so that was the other guy. That oh gosh, other guy. I got myself screwed that up. Was yes, Christian but... We'll talk about him in a little bit. Will, yes, yeah. We have Jill Teed, who plays Yolanda Reese and Stacy Monroe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she is an actress known for X Men Two, uh, X Two, X Men United in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie St. Cloud in 2010, and along came a spider in 2001. She has made guest appearances on all four of the longest-running North American science fiction series, X-Files, Stargate, Smallville, Supernatural. Yep. Um, She played uh, Sergeant Hadrian in on Battlestar Galactica as yeah, well. Yeah, okay, that's why I recognize um, her. If I recall correctly, that's the sergeant who runs the witch hunt trials and yep, yep all that stuff. Yep. Um, and now her first IMDb credit came in 1992 when she played Officer Rice in an episode of Street Justice. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. We have Christian Boucher, who plays yeah. Raymond Gunn, Dr. Levant, and Christian Boucher. Yeah. Now, we have actually <laughs> seen him already in Stargate SG-1. Oh. Um, he played Major Dean Newman in the episode Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. So Shades of no. Grey is the episode when when uh, O'Neill starts working for Mayborn when he's still working for the NID. Oh, right. right? And so uh, Christian Boucher played the major who was in charge of the NID base, you know, on Off a different world planet. or whatever, yeah. Off uh-huh. world until um, O'Neill got there and then all of that stuff. All but that ended, yep. He gotcha. looks remarkably different in this episode. Gotcha. So... Now, Christian was born in 1962, and he's also been seen in The Collector in 2004, as well as The Fog in 2005. Mm-hmm. His IMDb credits begin in 1989 when he played Mark Lindstrom in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was looking at it, his appearances in Stargate SG-1 mark pretty close to the end of his career with only one other credit on IMDb after SG-1. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, he does, however, appear in one episode of Atlantis as a different character in the future. So we'll see gotcha. him. We'll see him again. But, you know, and, and I tried to do a quick Google search to see if I could figure out what he was doing after this, and I could not find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know it, let me know. We also have Herbert Duncanson. He plays Douglas Anders or Grell. Yeah. Herbert Duncanson <laughs> was born on January 18, 1960, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, he is known for his work on 13 Ghosts in mm-hmm. 2001, Catwoman in 2004, and, of course, Stargate SG-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually uh, Christopher Judge's stand-in. Ah, okay. Yep. Um, that makes sense. And we've actually seen him as a guard in a previous episode, in the episode Beast of Burden. Yep. He was one of the guards in that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a bodybuilder, and he did spend time as a professional wrestler prior to breaking it into TV. Nice. Um, and as I mentioned, that he's known for his work on Thirteen Ghosts. Well, Thirteen Ghosts is actually his first credit, according to IMDb, back in two thousand one. Ah, okay. Uh, he played the character of George Markley, the Hammer. 
The Hammer. The Hammer. Uh, we also have Peter Fleming, who plays Agent Malcolm Barrett of the NID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Peter was born in 1967 in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. He is known for his work on the video game Dead Rising 2 in 2010, mm-hmm. Stargate SG-1, and also Stargate Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a nationally ranked golfer in high school. Mm. And we will, of course, since uh, we'll see him again. We'll see Peter Fleming again. Yeah, got a feeling about that. But yeah. So, good old um, Yep. Uh, his credits on IMD begin with uh, the TV movie Lifeline to Victory in 1993 when he played The Lookout. Okay. Yep. I wonder what he did. I, yeah, sure. I don't know. And mm. I want have I have one more <laughs> name that I want to mention specifically at this point in time. Okay. And that's sure. Don LaFontaine. Mm-hmm. He plays the voice of the Wormhole Extreme trailer announcer. He's nice. Credited. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, Don LaFontaine is the one who is behind every, pretty much every trailer you have ever heard prior to 2008. He died in 2008, which is ah uh, yeah yeah, but, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah. the the phrase in a world yes when when blah 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 blah, blah happened, that is Don LaFontaine yeah um, when I'm doing when I'm doing my shtick next time on Stargate SG I'm doing Don LaFontaine yeah absolutely. So Don LaFontaine is done. So his voice is the voice that you hear on the majority of ma- trailers, previews of movies uh, nationwide. His body of work included voiceover narrations for at least 5,000 film trailers. That's amazing. And possibly as many as half a million TV and radio spots. That is a big number. That it's is a, a large number. number. So he was he must have been he must have just lived inside a recording booth. Well, okay, so I don't think I mentioned it here specifically, but as I was reading through some of his stories, like there's one story he was like on vacation on some tropical place. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe it was some he was on vacation. And he gets this call and says, I need this recording like right now. So he pulls out his microphone, walks into the hotel bathroom, shuts the door, sits down on the toilet, and records it and sends it off. <laughs> Hey, Zach, yes. I wonder if the movie was any good or if it was not so good. Not, you know, it, I, I'm sure it was a perfectly good movie, Brent. I'm, I'm sure. We don't need any bathroom humor here. Come on. <laughs> Nobody needs it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, that's awesome. In an interview, he did state that his voice spontaneously cracked in mid-sentence at about the age of 13, mm-hmm. and he become very, became very, very self-conscious about his new voice. Uh, well, this happens when you're that age. Sure. Um, uh, however, this all changed when um, his classmates all decided that they would pay him money to speak as their fathers to make sick calls on their behalf. So they could get, take a day off of school. <laughs> so when he was starting rolling in the money, he's like, oh, yeah, this is definitely Mr. Johnson. And uh, yeah, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy definitely is sick today. So, so uh, sick. So sick. He's going to have to take a day off of school today. I'm really sorry about that. Real sorry. Thank Maybe you. even tomorrow, too. But hopefully Maybe even be tomorrow, better. too. We'll have to see. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... 
After high school, he did enlist in the Army, and he learned about recording engineering uh, in the Army. And now the first promo that he engineered was actually for Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Nice. From 1964. Yeah, excellent. Yep. Dang, man. All right. Wow. So, um, the original air date for this episode was September 8, 2001. Mm-hmm. And this is when I'm saying, what happened on September 8, 2001? However, the previous episode, Desperate Measures, aired on September 7, 2001. Yes. One day before this. And so, we talked about all of that stuff last week. So, yeah. if you really, really, really need to hear all of that stuff right now for this episode, then I invite you to hit the pause button when I say so. And then you can go over there and listen to that section there. And when you're finished with that section, you can come back to us here here okay yeah. so hit the pause button now yep welcome back thanks thanks guys that was a, All right. thanks All right. for coming back yeah so now we do have some trivia for this episode yes so the comment by colonel danning in the wormhole intro yes it does say colonel on my uniform mm-hmm. or as a matter of fact it does say colonel on my whatever it is is of yeah. course a reference to i believe the episode the fifth commandment first fifth commandment first commandment uh, uh, whatever commandment that was. First, and I, first, it was first commandment. First commandment. First commandment. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but in any case, in that episode, uh, Jack is like, you go through the gate. You go through the gate. You go back home. And they're all like, no, sir. No, no, sir. Does it say Colonel anywhere on my uniform? And of course, <laughs> everybody had to make the, the, that joke then from now on. So yes. there you go. Yeah. Um, that's, of course, a reference to that. It does say Colonel on my uniform. <laughs> Everybody notice that it doesn't actually say Colonel nah. anywhere on my uniform. We, we, we can put it here <laughs> or here, here. <laughs> All right. So uh, the two random guys at the end looking up at the ship as the episode ends are, yeah. of course, executive producer Michael Greenberg. Uh, he's the one with the longer hair, and uh-huh, executive okay. producer slash co-creator Brad Wright. Yep. Okay. So that's them. Now yep. they are not the only ones to make appearances in this. Kid me. Gonna... This thing was just okay. Carry on. Keep going. So we have, of course, Peter DeLuise playing himself and the director. Yep. We have Robert Cooper playing a writer, which yep. is what he does. We have Joseph Malazzi playing the Donuts guy. Uh huh. And N. John Smith, who was one of the executive producers, playing Donuts guy's friend. Yep. Right, we have Michelle Comans. She's the visual effects supervisor. Uh, she plays the television crew member. Okay. We have Bruce Wallachin, who is a senior digital compositing artist, also playing a d- television crew member. I uh-huh. uh, can't remember exactly where they fall. We have David Sinclair, who is the property man- master for SG One, is playing Bill, the uh, assistant director in the show. We uh-huh. have Ron Wilkerson in there somewhere. I missed where he is. We have Jan mm-hmm. Newman playing, the, who is a makeup artist. Uh-huh. She's in there. Yeah. Andy Makita, who is a director and does other things, is one of the guys that's beaten up by Colonel Danning in that early scene. Uh-huh. Uh, and John G. Lennick, who is also a producer, is the other guy who's getting beaten up by Colonel Danning. Uh-huh. And of course, Martin Wood appears as one of the NID agents. Uh-huh. Now, that's what I made the list of, and I'm sure I missed some. So there was also uh, Robert C. Cooper's name was on one of the books that was being read uh, by yep, the, yep. Uh, you know, <laughs> what was that? Was the title called? You know, like write uh, that teleplay and sell it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yep. Yep. I noticed that. Um, and I kept saying, yep, 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 yep. Like I recognized everybody's faces. No, that wasn't it at all. As the episode was playing, I was looking at the folks going, oh, the 
they've basically took everybody who's behind the camera and put them in front of the camera here. Oh, like, yeah. like yeah. everybody. I, I was convinced that every single scene was just completely wall-to-wall chock full of little Easter eggs everywhere oh, that yeah. I, I wasn't getting. If But, like, I, I, whatever. I don't want to get into it without getting into it, so I'll, I'll let you keep okay. going. Um, so Martin Lloyd makes a remark, the real money's in syndication. Um, <laughs> while he's, you know, and, of course, the general rule at this point in time in television history was that if you were going to go into syndication, you needed to have at least 100 episodes. And, of course, this being their 100th episode, it was yep. their chance to say, hey, we can now go into syndication. Woohoo! Um, yes. The studio where Wormhole Extreme is being shot is called is Bridge Studios, which is, in fact, the same studio where SG-1 is filmed. So they just, you know, nice. basically just, hey, everybody, let's walk outside and film out there. Um, so... Uh, Martin yep. Lloyd yells at the props guy to get some kiwis and paint them red, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And this is exactly what they did in the previous episode, Beneath the Surface, where you see a character oh. eating a kiwi that has been painted red. Oh, funny. Nice. Um, <laughs> so so we walk through... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was about to try to remember the line that the props master said back to him as he was reading the script, right? Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like, you know, like... <laughs> Look at these kiwis. It reminds me of the Garden of Eden. Yeah. (laughs) Let us make a kiwi pie. I don't remember what he said, but yeah. Yep. Um, uh, So only about half of each of these show within a show scenes was actually scripted. And uh, most of the stuff was just improv stuff by the cast and crew. So Joe and Paul were writing this and they're like, okay, so we'll write this, we'll write this. And like everybody as they were writing was coming and says, oh, and you got to do this and you got to do that. And the hardest part for them as writers for this series or this episode was to try to make sure that they actually had a story uh, and not just a whole bunch of parody clips uh, of themselves. uh um, Although I'll, I'll confess that if it was literally 40 minutes of parody clips, I probably would have enjoyed it as much as I yeah, did as well. Um, but still. However. Anyway. Yes. Uh, so a lot of these things were just uh, um, improv stuff that uh, this is, okay, so we got to do something kind of like this. And then they like hit the go button. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to mention also was, uh, you know, since, since like the whole backstage crew was like on camera, basically, for a lot mm-hmm. of this, um, and a lot of times you'll see them going cut on camera, and so like Peter DeLuise would be like, oh cut. yeah, and then he'd be yeah. like, okay, real cut, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cut, and then real cut. <laughs> I, I mean, I, as I was watching it, I was kind of, I, I, I was imagining like I, I have not been part of television production. And so I imagine that what we were seeing might have been a bit exaggerated, but also something was telling me that it probably wasn't that exaggerated. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I have been backstage for a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, this is theater, not film, uh, not television. Uh, I get, get that. But uh, uh, while certainly things were, um, you know, blown up just a smidge, just so you can see it a little bit easier. Uh, it, it, I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of this was pretty standard stuff yeah. that actually happens. Yeah. Um, so, um, during the final scene or one of the final scenes during the beam up scene, right? You have, uh, yep. a, they, they pulled that, that, uh, 
uh, beaming sequence straight out of Star Trek, the original series. Completely out of Star Trek. It was hilarious. Um, And I don't know if you noticed, Brent, but as Teal kind of turns and they walk away from the camera, you can actually see through his shirt. No. Oh, I missed that. His shirt was apparently just the right color green that it blended in with the green screen. Gotcha. And so yes. it, it looked like he had holes in him, as you could see what was uh-huh. behind him there. Um, yes. Some say that this was a mistake. Others say it was an intentional joke um, because Martin had just said something about winning an Emmy for special effects. Yeah. You don't yeah. win an Emmy for special effects if... <laughs> Wait, with that, <laughs> with that, with that going, going on, going, no. Going on. But, yes. but either way, uh, honestly, I hadn't actually noticed it until I watched it this time and I was looking for yeah. it and I saw it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is absolutely hilarious. That's so, awesome. Um, okay, so with that... Um, this is a quote from Paul Mully. So Paul Mully actually mm. is one of the few people who was not on stage, not on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what Joe and Peter said when they were doing the commentary was that he was just a little bit more shy than everybody else and just didn't want to do that. So sure. anyway, he writes this. Paul does. When we were writing it, we knew everyone was going to get their hands on this one. To me, it wasn't even so much a question of the pressure to be funny, but since everybody had an idea, for the episode anyway, I thought we'd just write 50% of it, and then everybody will come in with an idea for a gag, and that's what happened. Even when (laughs) we were working on the outline, people were coming by and saying, you know, you should totally do this. Everybody pitched ideas involving (laughs) who they were on the show. It was a big collaboration with a lot of stuff added to it. It was easy to do all of the spoof elements. It was having an actual Stargate story underneath all of the parody that was actually the hard part, but it had to be there because otherwise the episode wouldn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Awesome. This episode. When we look at the title of this episode... Wormhole Extreme. Uh-huh. In other languages. In the Czech, uh-huh. they call it Wormhole the Series. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Hungarians, yeah. the French, and the Italians all dub from English Wormhole Extreme. Okay. The Spanish call call it Hole Extreme. <laughs> so the Polish say film. Uh, and wait, really? So, so when I, you know, I pull this from, uh, I pull it from one of my sites that I go to, uh, target yeah. command wiki, I think, uh, I can't remember for sure. I pull it from whatever I pull it from. Um, sure. And it said film there and I have no idea if this is a typo or if there's something missing or if this is actually what they called it. Film. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Film. It sounds weird. Um, yes. So now the Germans, Oh, yeah. The Germans call this Wormloch Extreme, which is oh. Wormhole Extreme. Okay. <laughs> good. Yeah. Good. Good to hear that, right. they're, they're, that it's right in line. Absolutely. So, Brent, uh, yeah. it is now time once again to have a word from our sponsors. Oh, yes. From our sponsors again. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting used to yes. this. So, okay. okay. Looking forward to some words from our sponsors. Hello, Brent. Hello, Zach. It's me, Jacob, from Germany. First of all, thank you for your podcast and thank you for giving us a chance to perpetuate us in it. No time to lose time. When I was 
12 years old, me and my sister used to watch a science show on TV. Every evening we sat in front of the TV and watched it. And it happened that we were invited uh, on a New Year's Eve party. And guess what? An unfamiliar TV we zapped through. And eventually my father, who uh, watched the show along as with us, said, Oh, look at this. It's Stargate. I know the show. And pretty much from that point on, we watched it together at home. Nice. Every evening. Cool. And so Stargate will, for me, always be a link to my family and good times we had. Yes. Yeah. And of course, Wormhole Extreme is just another great part of the memories with this show. Bye. Hey, Zach and Brent. This is Austin. Really looking forward to episode 100. I actually have the theme song from Wormhole Extreme as the ringtone to my phone, uh, just like Martin Lloyd does. So <laughs> that'll give you an uh, indication of how much of a SG-1 and Wormhole Extreme fan I am. Because uh, we all know those are, dif are different shows. So uh, I actually was really lucky to find your podcast because I was rewatching SG-1. Because, um, you know, there is just something about the show that really does stick with you. Uh, and so I was fortunate to see that y'all were actually going through the show, that it wasn't, you know, like an old podcast that had been done several years back. You know, it's still mm. uh, going through its motions, which is awesome. Uh, and so I just want to congratulate you on everything you've accomplished with the rapport, um, you know, the interview with Joseph Malazzi and the website. So uh, mm -hmm. we are expecting <laughs> a lot of content on that website, Brent. So <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for the podcast. Looking forward to more episodes. Thanks. Bye. Hey Brent, hey Zach, this is Kim and I'm on location at Bridge Studios where they filmed the 100th episode of Stargate SG-1. Nice! We got to Stargate last year, so it's been great fangirling alongside Brent as he works his way through SG-1. Love your podcast, guys, and hope you keep on walking through that Stargate. See ya! Oh, these are so cool. I'm really, <laughs> these are a lot of fun. Yes, they are. Oh. Okay, Brent. Yes? We are back from our commercial break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is now time for us to dig into the synopsis for mm -hmm. this episode yes. of Wormhole Extreme. Wormhole Extreme. Yes. Extreme. Extreme. Are you ready? Yes. Let's get into it. Last time on Stargate SG-1, <laughs> Martin is not just interested in outer space. He is from outer space. He's not crazy, really. Oh, okay, so Martin is a little odd, but he's nearly not crazy. He's so He, along with a few other guys, defected from their homeworld when the ghoul came, and the other guys drugged Martin to make him forget, but Martin fought through the drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do, don't drugs. do it. Anyway, uh, there was an explosion in the escape pod. The other guys faded away, and we don't know where they are, and Martin visits his homeworld and gets depressed at the devastation, so returns to Earth. And now, the continuation. Oh, oh, and, and Teal'c is Murray. <laughs> okay. And now, the continuation. For real, this, this time. <laughs> Orbiting Mars is a giant spaceship. Suddenly, it begins to come to life as things begin to spin, and it starts to move. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Heading, it's heading toward Earth. Oh, no. Fortunately, the Earthlings discover its approach quickly, and after some analysis, determine that they've actually seen this technology before. It matches Martin's escape pod that blew up about a year ago. Now, Carter is there to explain all of this to her teammates and the general, and the general tells O'Neill to visit Martin and see what he knows about this ship. 
Martin has gone into the television business. He is the creative consultant on a new series called Wormhole Extreme. And he wanted to call it Going to Other Planets, but the executives decided that the title needed to have an X in it. Shows do better when they have an X in the title, after all. Wormhole Extreme stars Nick Marlowe as Colonel Danning, Yolanda Reese as Stacy Monroe, Raymond Gunn as Dr. Levant, and introducing Douglas Anders as the alien robot Growl. Four adventurers who travel to other planets through a giant wormhole saving the day. Does this sound like real life? Does it sound like Martin stole this idea directly from the SGC? Look, don't ask a writer where he gets his ideas. <laughs> Honestly, they don't even know. Okay, O'Neill shows up ostensibly as the Air Force technical advisor, but when he finally meets Martin, our man from outer space doesn't have any idea who O'Neill really is. Suspecting that Martin's former associates are once again drugging him, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. The rest of the team joins O'Neill to help figure out what's really going on. Teal'c will disguise himself as a caterer, while Samantha and <laughs> Daniel will search out the location of Martin's associates. Boom. Bigger. In fact, Martin's associates, Dr. Tanner and the like, are close by. They too are looking for the ship. Specifically, they're looking for the controls to the ship which Martin still possesses. One of them has even snuck onto the crew for Wormhole Extreme to keep Martin under surveillance. Carter and Jackson go check out his apartment, but then he disappears, and we don't know where he went. Back on the scent. Boom! Bigger! As Samantha and Daniel continue their search for Martin's associates, the trail leads them to an abandoned warehouse. Why? Because it's always an abandoned warehouse. Duh. But inside, they do not meet any aliens. Instead, they meet something much, much worse. The NID. Agent Malcolm Barrett captures our heroes and tries to extract from them information about what they're doing. For his part, they are, the NID, are tracking the aliens and the ship, and they want it. Things are getting serious. O'Neill is going to have to confront Martin directly, but Martin still doesn't believe him. Instead, he thinks the colonel is simply pitching him a story idea. Boom! Bigger! <laughs> Dr. Tanner, et al., gets a message to Martin to meet them in an empty stage. Martin thinks it's the executives who want to talk. O'Neill follows. While navigating half-built sets of what clearly looks like the, hall the walls on halls of a hot-talk ship that will certainly be used in a future episode of Stargate SG-1, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Dr. Tanner mm -hmm. and his friends manage to surround Martin and Jack. After tying them up, Ta Dr. Tanner injects something into Martin's arm. And after the drug takes effect, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do it. The Martin regains his memory, and he's horrified that he exposed the Stargate program through his idea of Wormhole Extreme. And when Tilk comes to rescue them, Martin is happy to see Murray again. It turns out that Martin could not handle the memories of his destroyed planet, and so he began to drug himself so that he'd forget in... Uh, we'll forget what happened. And in another month, the memory loss would have been permanent. So I guess it's good that we got to him in time. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. 
everyone is looking for the really cool remote control for the spaceship which Martin had in his possession. But since he didn't even know that this was a real remote control for a real spaceship, he just tossed it in amongst all the props. Naturally, this particular prop was sent with the crew of Wormhole Extreme to their outdoor <laughs> set. On set, O'Neill is able to get to the device. Woohoo! Martin's associates confront the colonel. The NID approach! O'Neill decides to let Dr. Tanner and his friends escape rather than let the ship fall into the hands of the NID. NID, not idea. Anyway. As the yeah. ship nears the surface, everyone is stunned. The crew swivel their cameras up to the sky to film the giant spaceship hovering in the clouds. They're going to win an Emmy for this, uh, for, for visual effects. Just for visual, that is. Okay. Dr. Tanner beamed themselves and, and his compatriots beamed themselves up to the ship and the ship departs. Wormhole Extreme execs walk away thinking that they have, could have done better with the special effects, but not to worry, because they'll simply fix it in post. They'll fix it in post! After the episode fades to black, we get a fun making of Wormhole Extreme featurette with interviews of several of the actors from the fictional show and behind-the-scenes footage. No, it's not a real show. It It's not a real show. It's... Not a real show. It's not a real show. It's a fake show, but yes, you do get paid real money, so it's all good. Probably. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh. And now, a yeah. word from our sponsors. Oh, more sponsors. Yeah, okay. We were somewhere around Hollywood, on the edge of coherence, where the meta began to take hold. I remember <laughs> saying something like, you know what? I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you say that because it is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. And suddenly there was a terrible roar all around us and the sky was full of what looked like huge CGI rotoscoping, all swooping and screeching and diving around the car. And a voice was screaming, read my lips, bigger. <laughs> Never mind. It's your turn to drive. No point in mentioning aliens to the NID, I thought. The poor bastards would pretend not to know about them soon enough. We had Robert C. Cooper playing a writer, a teamster with two PhDs, 75 men in black in a warehouse, the third man who knew too little, a red-painted kiwi, and also a two-way travel through a wormhole. Not that we needed that for the show, but once you get locked into a serious continuity, the tendency is to push it as far as you can. The only thing that worried me was Martin. There is nothing in the world more hapless and irreverent and delightful than an actor playing an alien playing a creative consultant who has never consulted. <laughs> and I knew we'd get into that retcon stuff pretty soon. Hey, my name is Anna Troop, and I am from Bloomington, Illinois. First of all, congratulations on making it to episode 100. Whoop, whoop. Yay! <laughs> so, when episode one aired, I would have been one. And so when episode 100 aired, I would have been six. So I can pretty confidently say I did not watch this episode when it originally aired. <laughs> uh, my brother and dad actually found Stargate while channel surfing. And they found it on the sci-fi channel. And they watched it and really enjoyed it. And then my rest, the rest of my family started watching it. And we really got into it. And we watched all the reruns on the sci-fi channel. And then uh, we caught up. And so we started to watch it live every every night when it came on and I looked forward to it every time and it was just a really great part of my childhood and I have such fond memories of it and I love all things Marty I think he's awesome and he makes me laugh and smile 
and I can't wait for you guys to continue on and do episode 200. Congratulations again. Guten Tag from Germany. I really can't talk about the 100th episode because when it first aired, I was only four months old, so I don't know how it felt back then. But what I do know is that I grew up with Stargate and I really love Stargate and it really influenced my life. But the problem always was that I didn't watch it in any particular order. When I grew up, I watched what episode was on TV this week. So w listening to your podcast really gives me the feeling of watching it for the first time again. And I really love that about your show. Also, what I really love is some of the stuff I just don't pick up on myself, like how really weird the German episode titles sometimes are. And I also love the background information and all the work you do for the show. And it's really amazing. Keep up all that good work and schönen Tag noch. Welcome back. Okay, so Brent. Yes, yes. Wormhole Extreme. Extreme. What'd you think? I loved this one. This one was so much fun. This was so much fun. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that I'm going to delight in this episode, not because of the story element, which is really unfortunate, right? Like, I, I appreciate what Paul was trying to say there, where he's like, look, we... There's still you still got to have something go on here in the middle of this episode. You can't just have it just be a big old gag. And frankly, I disagree, but that's OK. Um, I'm not the one who's writing it. Um, so, uh, my gosh, it was I, I was I was I was laughing so much throughout the entire thing. I knew that I didn't know with specificity who was whom in that. You know, I I knew that I didn't know that that was so and so, and this was so and so else. You know, what I mean, but I could right. just immediately tell that, as I mentioned before, everybody who was behind the camera was now in front of the camera, uh, and it 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 felt like they were telling me a little bit about how television production is. And as I mentioned, you know, I, I imagine that some of that stuff was over the top, but there's a piece of me that looks at this and goes, I bet you it's not that far over the top. I bet you there's plenty. That was being referenced uh, in the show, which was, um, you know, a light was shined, shined on it, shone on it in a way that that really illuminated it so that it stood out. And in standing out, it looks ridiculous. But like in normal situations, it's just how it is. And there it goes. Right. Uh, but, you know, there were so many little like knowledgeable things that were being said by people about uh or at least it seemed knowledgeable about television production, you know, even that line about how like, you know, like, you know, the money's in syndication and then, and then he moves right on. Like, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's this, it's these things that were just being dropped in. Uh, what was that? Uh, you know, what was that real jerk producer there at the end? Like who here's one of such and such. I can't remember oh, what, what yeah. award he said, you know, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks away and like, uh, it was it was uh, it was just delightful. It was a lot of fun, and it was it was also pretty fun to feel like I was getting a good number of the jokes because of how much time I have been spending in examining these episodes through this podcast. Yeah. So, like I mentioned, like that that book that the uh, security guard was reading. You know, you know, write your teleplay and sell it by Robert C. Cooper. As soon as I saw <laughs> Robert C. Cooper, I was laughing because I'm like, oh, it's, it's Robert Cooper. I mean, like we've talked about him. I don't know how many times. Yeah. 
And so having those frames of references and, you know, I don't know if I would have been able to do the same thing if I saw a, you know, a season five, um, uh, you know, self-referential rip uh, in Star Trek, if, if it had done that. Um, which, you know, how on earth would they have done that? I, you know, let's just ignore that for a minute, maybe a holodeck something, but you know, I'm getting at like, like, um, if they were doing those little name drops in the moment, I don't know if I would have noticed it back then because I didn't pay attention to the episodes quite to that degree as I'm doing them here now. So it was a lot of fun. And, uh, after I got done watching it, I had to tell myself that I do not watch these episodes a second time without <laughs> there being a reason for it because um uh part of that is just the way i am a part of it is because that's kind of how i'm trying to approach this show i'm trying to imagine as if i was watching it live basically and you don't right. yep. you know you, you know you, you, sure you could have recorded it but generally speaking you, you watch it when it broadcasts and that's that's what it is and you don't know if it's going to be a great one or not until it's happening or it's over and by that point it's you're, you're hoping that you're going to catch it on a, as a rerun in the summer um, because it's gone. Uh, yeah. And so after I finished watching it, I thought to myself, maybe I watch this one a second time, like right now, right now that now that <laughs> because because there was so much stuff going on in the background, like every single shot was just packed wall yeah. to wall with yep. stuff going on. It was so much fun. And even and maybe I was filling in a little bit beyond what should have been filled in, but I actually don't think so. I bet you if I go to the wiki on this particular episode, I bet you that the thing is just packed with bullet points. Uh, as a quick example, there was that there was a fairly long shot of um, of Jack and Martin walking across, I think, like the parking lot as there are people, as there are, you know, extras going over the script. There's people moving props here to there. There's, there's the, uh, there's the explosion going on in the background. There's somebody, and I don't know who he was, this little like diminutive guy with a cap that kept appearing in the background, running from one side to the other. He was in there at least three times. Like, he reminded me of uh, Jerry Stiller, and I have no like I'm 99 sure it wasn't Jerry Stiller, but like it just kind of looked like him, um, <laughs> just kind of doing something in the background. I'm like, what the heck is that guy? Um, and uh, you know, I was barely paying attention to what was being said front and center on screen. I was paying way too much attention to the stuff going on in the background, um, including little things like they were wheeling some prop along, and I'm looking at it going, that looks vaguely familiar. I bet you I recognize that from something I just can't remember. But the point is, is that I was enjoying the well it was the easter eggs man i mean this thing was just this this is a giant episode of easter eggs yep uh which was a ton of fun the story on paper was kind of meh (laughs) but (laughs) i just don't care like i don't care how meh the story was um the nid is now here and big and mean and menacing and they're able to have a whole bunch of like i don't know beret people like stand out you know what i mean like there there was a couple of little drops of actual information in this episode which um makes me go oh man like things are really stepping up with the nid thing number one sort of they put agent smith har har in charge of um watching over uh which wait a minute were carter and jackson 
were handcuffed, right? To the chair? I mean, zipped. Were, they, they, no, they weren't. They were restrained. Probably tied to the chair, but yeah. You know, but wait a minute. Heroes. They got free, and they no, beat the bad no, no, guy. No. What happened to the sixteen beret dudes with guns that they came in with? You know, that's a good question. Uh-huh. Anyway, we're going to ignore that one for a second and move right along. Point is <laughs> that they that they put Agent Smith in, you know, like they, they took care of him right away. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how effective the NID still are, though, you know, here they are and they're being mean and such. Um, and then the story of, like, the aliens getting their ship back and going away, that was fine. And then there's the then there's the sort of the 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 consequence of having their ship appear in front of hundreds of television uh, workers um, and have the entire thing captured on film, even though it was a gag. We're going to win an Emmy for this. Like uh, part of me kind of wants that to have a consequence, right? Like that's kind of a big flipping deal. And part of me just kind of wants to let it be encapsulated and just let it go. Like, like everybody <laughs> yeah. thinks that that's like some st- amazing television magic thing that just happened to like, like people are like, wow, the effects guys really did a good job because nobody actually knows what's going on. And the effects guys are like, oh, wow, I guess somebody really pulled that thing off that ask that 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 ship for 5000 or less. They did a great job for four forty nine hundred bucks. Um <laughs> Right, but yeah. but there's another piece yeah. of me that's like within the within the construct of the continuity, they just captured, the, you know, like a, a definitively an alien craft emerging from the clouds, and then departing. Like, will that have consequences in our in our Stargate world? But we'll see. But ah, I don't know, man. I was having way too much fun, and then of course the thing ended with that oh, brilliantly self referential um, gag, the sort yes. of the behind the scenes things, especially. Um, I got to scroll up to get the names right because it's worth it. Um, especially that very, very first one where uh, I'm Christian Boucher and I play Raymond Gunn, who plays Dr. Levant, who is based off of the character of Daniel Jackson, in, uh, played by um, Michael Shanks, who was originally portrayed by, uh, oh, shoot. Oh, man. James who did Fader. it first? James, James Fader, of course. Like, you know, that whole, you know, from the from the from the from the motion picture. Are you okay? Like that whole thing yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> I was just uh, dying yeah. of laughter through that whole line. Apparently, uh, that was actually Christian Boucher's idea to do it, that. Yeah, it, so and you he were t- nailed it. Yes, <laughs> which I mean, like you know, of course you would. I mean, I goofed up by forgetting that James Spader did it, but like you know, like it would make sense that he would be able to just line it up like that because. Yep. Yep. Duh, that's exactly what it was, is that he was he, he was he, he was this person playing that person playing this person based off of this character played by that person originally played by that person. Yep. So good. So good. The only other person who could have done that would have been Peter DeLuise because um, uh, Jack O'Neill is the only other character from the motion picture that we have left, um, you know, still right. still knocking around. So anyway, it was it was oh, my gosh. You mean, okay, I'm going to stop. Michael DeLuise, not Peter DeLuise. Thank you, Michael. Um, uh, bleh, how about you? How'd you so, like this one? So a little bit of a confession for me. When I watched this yesterday, Yeah. Um, well, as you know, Brent, the last week and a half, well, really the last month and a half probably, has just been absolutely insane for me. Yep. 
And uh, so for those of you who don't know uh, or forgotten, I work at a church and this is one of the busiest times of the year. If it's not the busiest, it's the second busiest time of the year. Yep. Um, and with all of the COVID realities that are happening, it made the second busiest or the busiest time of the year just that much busier. So when Christmas Eve was finished and I finally got home around 11 o'clock p.m., I was absolutely spent and exhausted and didn't have much of anything left for anything. Mm-hmm. And so here I am, I'm watching this episode and... You know, last night as I was watching this episode, I'm like, uh, you know, this is a, um, I, I didn't, I wasn't into it as much as I have been in the past. And so I was mm-hmm. just kind of watching it and, and I was trying to enjoy it and I was trying to laugh at all the jokes that I already knew and, and, and I was having a tough time with that, but that had everything to do with where I am. Yes. And nothing to do with this episode. Yeah. Um, and so just so you, if, in case you were afraid out there, listeners, no, I'm not going to let my most recent watch of this episode where I was feeling all exhausted and tired affect my Chevron ratings. So, I mean, it's our show. We can do what we want. We've done a hundred of them already. Well, that's true. You mm-hmm. know, but uh, in any case, um, you know, this is this is a fun episode. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's just a fun episode. Uh, it's it's not um, thoughtful in the way that some other episodes bring right. up philosophical questions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the story, as you've mentioned, is really relatively weak. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the story that pushes things forward, uh, the NID have are, are even bigger than we thought they were. Um, yeah, you know, are they bad guys? Are they not bad guys? You know, is Agent Malcolm Barrett a jerk like um, Simmons or like Harry Mayborn? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Right. I mean, you know, in this episode here, if you just take this episode, he was um, kind of two dimensional. He was just sort of the guy there doing his job. Yeah. Um, so we don't know. So that's interesting. Um, one of the things that the commentary mentioned is that you've got at least three different groups looking for the ships. You got the NID, you've got uh, the SGC, and you've got uh, Dr. Tanner and his groups. Right. And none of them are bad guys per se. Right. Um, and it's just a matter of who's going to get the ship in the end. Right. Right. So this right. is all happening there. Um, you know, as you mentioned, uh, there was a spaceship that came into orbit on Earth so big that the people right there could obviously see it and film it. Does anybody else know it's there? Did anybody else oh, see right, it? Oh, right, right, right. No, the answer is no. Okay. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I can safely spoil that one for you. You know, the, the, the ship is fine. <laughs> you know, Tanner and his guys leave and they go wherever they go. We yep. don't know where they go at this point in yep. time. Will we find out? Maybe. Will we not? I don't know. I'm not going to tell Sure. You. Sure, but as for the ramifications of a ship entering orbit, low orbit even of the planet, and then leaving shortly thereafter, uh, is non-existent. That's mm-hmm. just part of the story. Fine. Um, there are some holes in the story, as you mentioned, right? Because we've got the the goons that run in with Carter and Jackson, and after everybody's caught, they seem to disappear. Yeah, where'd they go? We don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, so it's not. But you know. 
you know, so the the story of this episode is weak sauce. It yes. Is. It's weak sauce. Um, but the point of this episode really has nothing to do with the weak sauce. It has, the, you know, the, the plot line of this episode needs to be just strong enough there that you can legitimately hold these gags yes. together and right. make them be recognized as gags without making it feel like it's comedy ske- sketch comedy. Uh, yeah, want, right. Right? So, and in that regard, it works perfectly. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got the stereotypical places. You know, you've got the, the you know, abandoned backstage. You've got the abandoned warehouse that's not abandoned. You know, you've got a whole bunch of guys in black. You've got, uh, you know, uh, SUVs driving through the desert to a place. You've, you know, mm-hmm. so like all of these things, you know, just it, it it's such a fun story, yeah. and um, you know, it's just one of these stories that that uh, that it says thank you, and it nods its head at all of its fans. Yeah, you know, that's what this episode is about. It's about saying, "Hey, we hit a hundred. Let's have some fun with it. Yep. Let's just be silly. Let's be goofy. Let's uh, be bigger." Um, yep. Uh, bigger, bigger. <laughs> uh, you know, so that's what this episode really is all about, and yep. it does that um, perfectly. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's all. I, honestly, I know that our thoughts are you know a little short, but like for real, I don't know if there's anything else to say, man. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think there is. Yeah, so, it's a lot of fun. All right, Brent. Yes. Since we have finished with our thoughts. Yes. You know, which is kind of impressive that both of us have stopped thinking. But I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm continuing to talk. I guess I'm just I, saying I, words I, without I, thinking you know, about I'm them. Just, I mean, just like, I'm just, just maybe I'm not talking. Words. Maybe this is just a figment of my imagination because Ooh. all of my thoughts have ended. Yeah, wow. brains and jars. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Okay. In any case. Yeah. Wormhole Extreme. Extreme. Yeah. Needs a Chevron rating from you. Yeah, sure does. And I need to know what that Chevron rating is. Sure. So, what is it? Oh, it's a seven. I mean, come on. I don't even know if we need to really talk more about it. The story being as weak as it is actually does threaten the seven, honestly. I'm not, you know, like, for real. However, I had a flipping great time watching this episode, man. (laughs) Like, it's, if, um... Uh, I doubt that people, uh, no, like by a long shot, th- this and Bane are not comparable. However, I got to tell you, the same amount of joy that I had in watching Wormhole Extreme was similar to the amount of joy that I had while watching Bane because it was just so silly, except that they were being serious in Bane. <laughs> At least they were trying to be serious <laughs> in Bane, which makes it even better for me. However, this one, they were just calling, they, were, they were going straight at it. Exactly. I think they just did a brilliant job with this one. Um, yeah, I'm going to ignore the stupid loopholes and the weird plot points and whatever. If I look at it as a piece of entertainment that was meant to be a, a riff on itself, I thought this thing was a masterclass, man. This thing was great fun. It's a seven out of seven for me. All right. So, um, before I share my thoughts, yeah. Um, I want to give you a chance to remember that there is an eighth Chevron possibility. I was thinking about that. Now, I was also realizing I'm not actually sure if I can legitimately give an episode an eighth Chevron because 
it feels like a special ranking for something that is clearly unlocking something. And I'm not sure if I'm going to understand what got unlocked until after the mm. event. So we'll see. But I hear what you're saying. And no, okay. sticking with my seven. I think All it right. was delightful. Well, I am going to go there. Oh, I am going to throw out that eighth Chevron. Oh, nice. Um, nice. You know, I think that the eighth Chevron for me is because um, when I'm in my best space and I'm watching this episode, this just this is an episode that uh, in terms of the way it marries uh, the the storyline with the humor, it, yeah. it comes together because, uh, I mean, they will sneak in things like these gags in any any given episode mm-hmm. and they just you know pile that in here to make it especially noticeable uh this is an episode that just um when you when you look at what is stargate about mm-hmm. uh there are a lot of episodes that'll tell you what stargate is about in terms of the narrative and the story and the play and all of that stuff right yep. um but and so those ones in their uh in their place, deserve also an eighth chevron, at mm-hmm. least potentially. Uh, but this episode, while it doesn't really fill in those, this episode just speaks to the epitome of of how this one wants to bring humor into the story, to yeah. bring uh, just just a joviality into Stargate, uh, which is something that, frankly, Star Trek never really did, especially oh, Star gosh, Trek yeah. at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I sure. haven't watched all of the Star Trek that is brand new now, so I can't speak to that. But but the old Star Trek from the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, all of that stuff was really good in its own way. But none of that really delved into the the marriage of the humor and the comedy uh, that this does. Yep. Um, and so this episode is the height of Stargate when it comes to what that humor can be and is on any given day. And yeah. so for that reason, I give this one eight chevrons. Nice. Excellent. There you go. Yeah. Now, we have uh-huh. numerous predictions. Oh, I'm sure we do. All right. So we are going to begin with uh, some emails. Yeah. Okay, we have Jonas. Hi, Jonas. Uh, we have actually heard from Jonas earlier in our podcast today. Ah, that Jonas. Uh, he says, just when, uh, I also hope both, uh, I hope you both give the 100th episode eight chevrons because it is a really funny episode with a stupid concept that it just works. It just works. It just works. So. So he was there thinking we're going to both give it eights. Alas. 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 But still, very okay. highly ranked. Yes. We have Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Uh, Adrian says, uh, in terms of predictions, I think Zach will uh, go for the seven, whereas with Brent, it depends on how he is watching it. He might watch it trying to make it make sense in universe. Right. Which will make him rate it lower. Right. Maybe a four. Right. Or watch as the fourth wall breaking comedy that is it is, which will mean he will give it an eight. So ah, close. close. <laughs> uh, Adrian, I gave it the eight and he gave it the seven, but there yep. you go. Yep. Yep. Here we have David's prediction. 
Extreme hey, Chevron encoding bias buffer. Yeah, that's necessary. It's Extreme. St- it's stupid in a great way. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond just the self-mockery and has a real story to tell. It's funny. It's well acted and mm-hmm. overacted. It pushes <laughs> the narrative forward slightly with the plausible deniability and a meta-meta storyline. This episode is highly rewatchable just to look for all the background nonsense. Brent, oh, yeah. break your one-viewing rule and go enjoy this one again. Nah, I don't... I don't... <laughs> Can't do it. Anyway, carry on before I Done? break. Good. I don't know. Did it get even better? You are oh. breaking his rule. No, <laughs> All right. The only thing that holds this episode back is that it was made for the fans of the show. This is mm. not a first Stargate ever episode to watch. No, no. Maybe not even a tenth or a fiftieth episode. This is a one hundredth episode to watch. Mm-hmm. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah. Brent, seven chevrons, because yep. this is the height of television. I considered it eight, but this is not that episode. It's coming, though. <laughs> Zach will give it seven chevrons as oh! well, because it's bigger. Bigger. Uh, well, you know, you're, you're fair. I'll, I'll, I'll give you yes. But I, I actually went there, David. I gave yeah. it that eighth chevron. Yep, yep. Uh, exactly congratulations, he says, on your 100th episode. Thanks. To, uh, and thank you for letting me join you on the journey. Oh, yeah. David, you have Absolutely. made this journey uh, what it is. Uh, honestly, I can't imagine doing this without your support and participation. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, when we started it, I had no idea. But now that we're here, um, you have made this what it is. And so I say mm-hmm. thank you also for yes, you. Yes, absolutely. That. All right. We do, Brent. Have mm-hmm. some predictions on Facebook. Ah, Facebook. And so I will pull them up here, and we will get them read. Um, here it is. Okay, here's the first section. Mm-hmm. Okay, JD says. Hi, JD. Eight chevrons and yeah. eight oh, and a oh. half chevrons. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> So when I blew off the top and giving an eighth chevron out of seven chevrons as a possibility, never once did I consider that we could break the top of the top and go to eight and a half chevrons. Go to eight and a half, yeah. He takes us there. Yes, he does. He introduces us to a whole new dimension. All right. So Laura says. Hi, Laura. I think Brent and Zach will both like all the inside jokes and places where the show doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. I like that they recognize there are things that just don't make sense. Why do they all speak English? And yes. they just call it out. <laughs> I am not sure how this is going to translate into Chevron ratings, so my total guess is Brent 6 and Zach Seven. You're very close. Very close, Laura. Yes. We decided to be happy. So we've had a happy Merry Christmas. We and, have had uh, a happy Merry Christmas. And yeah. uh, Laura does say, P.S. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Absolutely. We have Susan. Hi, Susan. What's not to like? Great parody episode full of wry, self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. Seven chevrons from you both. Yeah. Ah, very, very, very yes. close. Very, very close. Uh-huh. Uh, I could have gone seven, but I decided to be crazy, wacky. I think... In part because I had such a meh viewing yesterday, I needed to give it the extra punch. To you needed it to be bigger. I needed to be bigger. 
Yes. That is probably my favorite line in this whole episode. <laughs> um, there are other great ones, but that one um, probably is the one that does it for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, we have more to go. Okay. Julie, Hi, Julie. It's what you do. It's what you do. Just a fun <laughs> time. Ah, she predicts that you will give it eight chevrons, and she oh, predicts man. that I will give it seven chevrons. Oh, really? A flippy do? Ah, okay, flipping those around. Yeah, yeah. We okay, we have Sean. We have heard from Hi, Sean. Sean earlier today. Sean says Brent will give it seven, and yes. Zach will give it six. Great oh. for a first time watch, but it's a pretty lame story. Bring on episode two hundred for some real fun. He says. Ooh, really? Ah, okay, well, there you go. Uh-huh. We have uh, Anna. We've heard from Hi, Anna. Mm-hmm. She says, I personally love this episode and how they poke fun at themselves, how Martin suggests that a third shot could disintegrate, and they look at him I like know. he's crazy. I know. The whole that was so funny. raise your one eyebrow thing. We didn't even talk yes. about that, but that nope. was hilarious. <laughs> the uh, fishing uh, line. <laughs> in, yes. Incidentally, so um, uh, Herbert Duncanson, who plays this character, yeah. uh, you know, he cannot raise his eyebrow like Teal does. He Interesting. Can't, he literally can't do it. <laughs> I see. So then that smirk on his face as he was a trying to do it was probably genuine. Like he was oh, trying probably yeah. not to smile, but it was not working. So there you go. Awesome. Um, let's see here. The, the whole raise your one eyebrow thing and Teal has a fabulous eye roll when Martin tells him to follow them. Right around 33 and 34 seconds. Mm. Uh, I laughed out loud when I noticed it. I'm going to say eights all around. I'm wrong, but I love this episode, and I'm hoping you guys do too. I would go give it, and I would also give it an eight, but I do think they could have gone bigger. Bigger! Nine! Nice. Eight and a half. Well, I mean, JD took us there. Yeah, okay, so we have then Austin. Hi, Austin. Uh, we have heard from Austin. So mm-hmm. Austin says, I imagine Zach will give this one hmm, an eight Chevron rating. Oh, yeah. And Brent. Yeah, yeah. A seven Chevron <gasps> rating. Austin, you got it. Woo! Austin, you win. I don't know what you win. We <laughs> still don't to know. Win, but, but you got it right perfectly. <laughs> Huzzah. Congratulations. Woo-hoo. Congratulations, Austin. Woohoo. All right. So, hi, hi, it's Brent from the future. Um, I have to keep it quiet this time. Last time, in my dismay for not making myself rich, uh, I almost shouted the space-time continuum to a point of instability such that I almost didn't make it back. It was a very close call, but obviously I made it back because, you know, here I am talking to you. Uh, so, la- when we recorded the episode, we did not have Kim's prediction, which, uh, you know, of course means good things right so we might as well just do the good things right away brent seven out of seven zach eight out of seven kim you you got it right you got it sorry kim you got it right you and austin we have two anyway kim goes on it's christmas it's a great episode what's not to love and dial in that eighth chevron so true so good so good friends we had two perfect predictions this week two you know what this means I, i don't know third third horseman of the apocalypse i don't know whatever uh goodness it's awesome good job and uh where's my oh there it is my portal's over there okay i'll see you guys later bye that is a great way to end our predictions from nice our listeners. yes super and good brent 
Yeah. Well, so, you know, this being the 100th episode and the extra cost that it may, takes to, to make this episode, we have to go back to our sponsors again oh, right. so that we can actually cover everything for this episode. This one's a costly one. Yeah. Sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget okay. about these sponsors. Okay. Yes. Hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. It's Adrian, or mostly Spanish, who happens to live in the UK. My opinion of the 100th episode, the first time I watched it, I watched it when it aired. I absolutely hated it. I thought <laughs> the story was repetitive. It didn't really make sense. Uh, why would Martin be drugged up again? It's just the same thing over again. And then the ending made even less sense. Everyone's on alien spaceship. They're trying to keep the Stargate program a secret. And then they just write it off as, oh, yeah, special effects. Stupid. Now, <laughs> I just didn't get it. I think I was too young to actually realize it was all a big joke. When I watched this second time, I absolutely loved it. I hung into every word, every line, and I realized it's just breaking the fourth wall. And watching the audio commentary open my eyes, it tells you who is in it, why they're saying each line. So I've mm. gone from rating it one chevron to maybe four <laughs> to seven. Absolutely love yes. it. Come tryer. This is Justin, a good friend of Zach and Brent. Hi, Justin. And I want to first thank Zach for introducing me to Stargate in That's the first right. place oh. back in the day. And Brent... Keep up the good work. I love your guessing the episodes. And I think some of those ideas could be rolled into a pitch for a new Stargate series. Oh! Which then you could do a podcast about. Because after all, you are a Stargate podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Zach and Brent, I wish I could give you my honest reaction to the first time I watched Wormhole Extreme. But I can't because I don't remember when it was. I know it wasn't in 2001 because I wasn't watching Stargate at the time. We had a one-year-old baby at home and a first grader, so we were a bit distracted. <laughs> Didn't have showtime. I don't think our TV provider at the time carried the sci-fi channel, so I really had no way to watch it. I remember I had seen somehow some episode of Stargate that involved snakes, but I didn't get it. It seemed to have diverged from the movie that I remembered, so it just wasn't on my radar. It wasn't until, I think, season seven that my co-workers got me involved in the show. They had explained the background and the premise and exactly why I should have been watching it, and I was able to get into it at the time. We had the sci-fi channel, so it was always on. I recorded it. I got it in the back catalog. I bought DVD sets, and it was one of those shows of, where has this show been all my life? Because mm. it was exactly the type of show that I loved. I just had missed out on it on the first run. So what was my initial reaction to it? Honestly, I don't know my reaction to it now, though. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much, David. Uh, and uh, yes. for everyone uh, who participated in this, um, I have to say that uh, David's story is not terribly dissimilar to mine. Uh, you don't have the kids in that picture as well, mm-hmm. but it wasn't... Uh, this wasn't a series that I watched first thing right out of the gate um, because in 97 I was a freshman in freshman or sophomore in college and mm-hmm. you know who had time to watch TV at that point in time I knew right. it existed um, 
but it wasn't until um it was probably wasn't until season six uh that i started was able to start watching it uh more regularly live mm-hmm. uh maybe even season seven uh by season six i certainly wanted to watch it regularly uh but didn't have the capacity uh, to see it very much at that point in time. But certainly by season seven, uh, I was watching it live and, and had watched everything several times over and, and all of that stuff and and uh, loving it and such. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, it was about that same time. And yeah. now I can't remember how many times I've seen it. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so Brent. Yeah. This was Wormhole Extreme. Extreme. Yeah, mm-hmm. Now, next week, yeah. we have the 101st episode for mm-hmm. Stargate SG-1. It yeah. is entitled Proving Ground. And mm-hmm. I need to know from you what Proving Ground is all about. Okay. Proving Ground. All right. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travels through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. It's a world that is dominated by the agriculture of the planet, and it is completely... They do nothing but grow coffee beans. Now, these (laughs) coffee beans are not like normal coffee beans. No, first, they're on another planet, because that's the show. And secondly, that means it's not coffee, per se, but it's some other kind of bean that gets roasted and and it's it's gonna be great Uh, but the difference is that these beans are also some kind of an inhibitor almost like alcohol and so the team is now struck with the problem of having to figure out how to proof the grounds for the coffee grown on the planet thus creating a proofing ground Wow. Join us next time on Stargate SG-1. (laughs) Proving ground. Oh, boy. Um, Hey, Zach. Yes? Are there going to be, is there going to be coffee drinks in this episode? So, I I will tell you right now that when it comes to this episode, oh, boy, did you get it wrong. There's no booze? I will say... That in a remarkable twist of fate, yeah, you have hit upon something that is not crazily dissimilar to a storyline that happens not now. <laughs> There's a story in our future where something about booze is going to come up and I'll be like, this is it. This is the one. I just got it wrong. Something like that. Okay, or maybe you, you, beans. Yeah, sure, or, absolutely, 100%. Or agriculture. Okay, sure, fine. Yeah, okay. Anyway, okay, so with all of that, yeah, shall we turn to the promo that our good friend David uh-huh. kindly made for us to find yes. out what Proving Ground is actually all about? I am ready to watch the real promo for Proving Ground. Okay, I am hitting play now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. Did you try to disarm the device? Negative, sir. We only have 90 seconds. During a routine training mission, something may have gone terribly wrong. O'Neill. Maybe he's ordering our execution. Shut up. Oh, hey, it's What's-Her-Face. Yes. Confirm. 
foothold, Sierra Golf Charlie. Huh? Uh-oh. Can a small group of new recruits infiltrate and save Stargate Command? Really? Oh, hey, it's, uh... That's her. Oh, no, don't trust her! Oh, yeah, Haley, that's her name. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no! Oh, no, Haley! Oh, no! That doesn't have anything to do with coffee. It, it, I, I told you, you didn't have anything to do with coffee. Or anything to do with booze. Well, that's true. Uh, but I told you that. that this, is, this is all what I told I was you. hoping you were lying to me, okay? All well, right, fine. Um, would I lie to you? You actually know. I, <laughs> I, I, I would certainly hide the truth occasionally, but not lie. <laughs> oh... Awesome. I am looking forward to watching Proving Ground. Right. Oh, but we're not going to watch Proving Ground right away. Oh, that's true. We actually, I actually meant to say this in the top of the show, but yeah. I forgot to actually type those in here. So, good dear folks, uh, we have had quite a long time here, and we're both tired. So, we, yes, are, we are going to take a couple <laughs> of weeks off. From yes. the podcast. Yes. Um, but don't worry. We will be back in a couple weeks with Proving Ground. Um, and so there and, you have it. And uh, there's special, there's special, special stuff that's going to drop into the feed. Uh, not uh, next Saturday, but the Saturday after that. Ah, uh, yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. So while you are saying to yourself, "Oh no, what can we do without Zach and Brent in our lives?" Yeah, that would we'll yes, be saying mm -hmm. like that. So we're mm -hmm. like, don't worry, because in two Saturdays ish yep. from right now. Yep. You will get a chance to listen to our yes. first rewatch. Yes. So the Patreons got to listen to this a few weeks ago, a month ago now. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you, dear listener, who are not able to participate in the Patreon, which we understand, you yep. will get a chance to listen to that episode in two weeks' time. So, yes. Fear not. Fear not. And also, uh, patron, pa pa patrons? <laughs> uh, patrons. Uh, our next uh, rewatch episode, Thor's Chariot, is going to be dropping here pretty soon as well. Next week. That's that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. So that'll come up soon. Good as stuff. Well. So even though we're taking some time off, you still get some new. The stuff content continues. The content <laughs> continues. Yes. Uh, special thanks to David for putting yeah. together our promos. Thank you, um, David. And I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there oh, who boy. made this show possible. Yes. Uh, special thanks to Adrian and to Anna mm -hmm. and to Austin and to Caleb and Casey and David and Ed and Jacob and JD and Jonas and Justin and Kim and Mike and Sean and every single one of you who listen to our podcast. Yes. Because without you, this is just this thing doesn't... goofballs talking to each other. Yeah. I mean, that would be all right, but it's a lot more fun having you all with us on this one. Absolutely. You have made this show what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and for that, we say thank you very much. Thank um, you. And I'm looking forward to the next hundred episodes. To the next hundred. You got right. it. So uh, 
Tell us what you think about this episode, if you haven't already. Uh, email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Uh, go ahead and join us on Facebook with the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and Facebook group. And go ahead and check out the new website, WTS.space, to find all sorts of fun information there that is... There's right some there information now. there, yeah. yeah and, and sure. you know... Over time, we'll get that fleshed out a little bit more and a little yeah, bit more. Keep, an so keep coming back as, as we yeah. film about that. So um, with that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Just say the word. Open the iris. Greetings, Brent and Zach, and all the listeners to Walking Through the Stargate. Congratulations on hitting the 100th episode milestone. Always a delight when a podcast stick around that long. You're sticking it at... Fun, isn't it? <laughs> Strangely enough, Window of Opportunity, one of the most entertaining episodes of Stargate ever made, and yet one of my least watched. Strangely enough, that's because it wasn't an episode I covered for our podcast. I wasn't on that, so while I did the editing, I never actually watched the episode. And as mm-hmm. you may or may not know, when you're actually going to talk about an episode, you tend to watch it two or three times. For the fun, for the commentary, or just to make notes. Funnily enough, the episode 200 was another. So, uh, two of the funniest episodes of Stargate I haven't watched for a long, long time. That's going to have to be rectified. Anyhow, looking forward to the next 100. And Atlantis and Universe, of course, after that. Maybe another series. Who knows? Even, (laughs) I say, look at Star Trek. They've got more series coming out than they know what to do with. (laughs) It'd be nice if Stargate was the same. Anyway, all the best. Mark from the UK, signing off. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Here comes the count, just for giggles. One, <laughs> two. <laughs> this needs to make the cut at the end. I, I, I don't know if it will or not, but okay. So yeah, that was that's uh, some fun stuff that we had there. So uh, now I'm the one that's talking, and it's like normally this is where Jack. Where Jack? You're not Jack. You're Zach. Wow. I'm Zach. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anymore. Okay. What's uh, what do we got going on, Zach? Uh, okay. So, um, well, shall we dig into the background facts for this episode, <laughs> Wormhole Extreme? Yes, please save me for okay. myself. <laughs> All right. Well, you know there is really no hope no no I don't think so. But I can continue here. Yes. Um. Let's see here. And there's. The... Out because this sure. is just for this. Some elevator music. Uh, let's see. Okay, here. Uh, 
process. <laughs> <laughs>